In today's episode of Thrive Together, I interview my good friend, social entrepreneur and director of Absolute Alchemy, Karen Stenning. With a commitment to diversity and equality, Karen has set up several initiatives that tackle and confront matters related to injustice and to create a fairer world. In 2015, Karen set up Absolute Alchemy, an events company with the main aim to bring together communities and impact organisations to create change and take positive action on societal and environmental issues. Since its inception, Karen and Absolute Alchemy have collaborated with organisations such as Thrive, Hatch Enterprise, MSD UK, Creators Club, Now Live Events, Pioneers Post, Pebble Magazine, The Canvas, This Is Karma and Vestpod. Alongside Karen's events company, Karen is in the early stages of developing a new social enterprise called Spirited Futures, a leadership academy for young change makers. Thanks for joining me today, Karen. Welcome. Thank you, Claire. It's really great to be here. <laughs> oh, it's good to uh, finally quiz you and pick your brains about the world of events. Brilliant. So Thank what you. I wanted to do, first of all, was just really find out a bit about how the events industry has impacted you as an events director. So I know the events industry was significantly affected by the pandemic, but how has the pandemic affected your business in particular? Yeah, I mean, which industry hasn't been affected? And mulling this over this morning and everyone and every industry has been affected by the pandemic. But in an events, definitely. And they've taken such a turn. So when it first happened, I was about to embark on my best year in 2020. I had some really big conferences and festivals, some really interesting work around diversity and inclusion. And I was super excited. And then obviously the pandemic hit. By April, I'd lost all my work, bar hatch enterprise. I'll talk about a bit later. And then Claire, you and I started talking and we were like, well, let's try this online thing. I'd been using Zoom for quite a while because I had lots of clients all over the country, but I didn't know the capabilities. And you and I worked very quickly to put on our first online conference. It was called Redefined for Female Entrepreneurs. And actually, that's two years ago. And, you know, the world of events has changed tremendously. And now we're coming out of the pandemic and people are going back into in-person. It's a really interesting time right now because I'm not sure whether people actually really want to go back to that many in-person. I've just started doing some and they're starting to happen at the moment, but they're not as well attended and it might take a year or so to work out for people do they want to go to events in person online the online piece is really interesting because it's much more inclusive so if you're a person who doesn't like networking or socializing if you're a bit more introverted online events is just fantastic it can still go out and hear brilliant talks and there's such a wealth of content out there right now or if you are a person with disabilities you can go to all these wonderful talks and also it's global for me I think the online side of it is here to stay and there's some incredible platforms out there now and more and more are popping up so the industry is changing I find the diversity and inclusion piece so important I think the online events side is that's where the exciting piece is I'm sorry to hear that you lost all your work at the start of the pandemic, but um, it's amazing to see how you jumped back out of that tricky period and then have developed a flourishing business since then. And so you embraced the Zoom technology, the world of online events. I know we did Redefined, which obviously we're very proud of, (laughs) but other than Redefined, what have been the events that you've been most proud of in recent years, either during the pandemic or pre-pandemic? 
So my background, I'd worked over 15 years in the charity sector for children's charity and a prison charity. And so my number one value is always about service to others. That's probably my key value. So in 2015, I got made redundant. Well, the charity I worked for collapsed. And so I decided I didn't want to work for the charity sector at that point. I decided I'd run a business and I didn't have a clear vision. And it was really hard for the first year, but I got told about Hatch and Hatch was based in South London and it puts on um, business programs for underrepresented founders. So I went on one of their programs, a six week program on how to start a business loved it and that's really where I got into the world of entrepreneurship so I joined the team there and loved learning all about growing and building a business and seeing that there's all these amazing entrepreneurs out there trying to build businesses that have impact and do good so I after working in the charity sector I could see also there are lots of businesses now cropping up that want to still make a profit but still have an impact on the planet or with people So 2017, Hatch asked me to do a conference for them because I'd done lots of event work in my charity career. So probably the conference I'm most proud of was uh, Beyond Good Business. Mm -hmm. And we actually did three of those. So 2017, 18 and 19. And the, the, the premise of the conference was about how can we create businesses that do good in the world? So they were all in person. And that's really what led me on to moving Absolute Alchemy into a events business. And from there, I only worked with charities, social enterprises and businesses that were doing good in the world. Um, it's um, it's great that that opportunity to focus on businesses for goods came from you accessing business support from a charity that was supporting impact-driven entrepreneurs. So it's, yeah, it's fascinating to hear about your journey. So not only do you support clients who are doing good in the world, whether that's yeah. as a charity or as a social enterprise or as a profit-driven business, but that's also considering people and planet, but you're also doing good yourself. And during the pandemic, you're hosting a series of really powerful events called Be the Alchemy and they reflected your passion for creating positive societal change. I know about those events but I'd love you to share with the audience what those events were and why you decided to set those up. So how I see events is you bring a group of people together and I've always based all of my events around three points really. Every attendee or delegate should go away with three things. That is, they should have gained one new piece of knowledge or insight, that they've made one great connection and that they've got an action or there's something that they want to do after that. So whether it was pre-pandemic doing Beyond Good Business, I also did another thing called the Pebble Fests, which was with a company called Pebble, who do online lifestyle magazine about how you can be more sustainable and ethical in your life. So we did a couple of festivals and always based it around those things. Can my participants who come along gain something new, make a good connection and go away with a piece of action? So then when the pandemic hit and then you and I did redefined and it was again a great success and we you know we had some powerful speakers who came along and and I think we've created some great content some great connections are made even now people tell me oh that was amazing that redefined and I met this person or I got that piece of work because of this so you know those are things that really light me up and after redefined I thought wow with this online events you know you can really really 
bring people together, especially when people were in lockdown. I wanted people to learn something new and um, maybe see if they can take action. So what I decided to do was do a series called Be the Alchemy, which is bringing people together. They would hear from an expert speaker and then they talk for about half an hour on a particular topic and a question would be raised during that talk that they did. And then we'd ask all the participants to go into breakout rooms, which you can easily do on Zoom. And then that question would be discussed in smaller groups. And after 10 minutes of talking together, everyone would be brought back together and we created the Alchemy Manifesto. So I'd post that on social media and go, this is where, you know, these are the ways that people are, so people were sharing their ideas or this is what I'm doing or this is what I am going to be doing. So it was a fantastic way for people to meet one another and to learn from each other and also to put an action into their daily lives. I did it around three pillars, either around sustainability, social justice or self-development. We did talks on everything from local food sources, like growing locally, sustainably. We did one on the menopause, on finances, on grief, how to be a climate change activist, and yeah, many more. Maybe you could share with people, yeah. if you came to the food one, tell me. Um, tell- I came to a few ones. So I came to the food one about the benefits of eating a plant-based diet, and also came to the one about wanting to reduce food wastage, and then also the menopause one. And it's funny, it's still when I'm shopping now, I'm just being really careful about buying locally sourced food, and then being also really creative with what's left over in the fridge. I think that was one of the the calls to action on your manifesto was like, oh, create something innovative with the leftover things in your fridge so you're not throwing it away so that manifesto still sticks with me now and that's what I really liked about those particular events obviously the three pillars that you mentioned resonated with me but what I thought was really clever was this user created manifesto and then that's brilliant for you as a business because then you can then share that on social media and then also that has a ripple effect so others that couldn't attend the event could learn from it so um, I really like that manifesto approach I really want to carry on with them and at some point I might bring them back unfortunately as with all events, events are extremely time consuming. So there's a lot of work that's been put into them behind the scenes, sourcing speakers, doing the marketing promotion and the people who attended, I've always had amazing feedback and people wanted more of it. But a lot of people are finding screen times, it's really affecting their well-being and mental health. So once they've spent all day on a screen, do they want to in the evening also come along to a Be The Alchemy event? I've also learned that you can't make money from ticket sales. There has to be a different business model there. So you know, I've been having a lot of conversations recently with other people who want to do events who or on a run events company. It is very, very hard. So if anyone listening out there has a brilliant business model around <laughs> events that isn't working with big corporates or people who've got huge, big marketing budgets, please contact me because I want <laughs> the problem is you don't make money on ticket sales. And there's so much content. My competition is YouTube, really, or I love TED Talks. That's what really inspired me right at the beginning. I love listening to TED Talks on YouTube or on their app. But for me, what was missing from TED Talks was making a connection with another human being or actually having an actionable step going, oh, I'm actually going to do this. You know, I'm going to look in my fridge and use up my leftovers or in terms of money, I'm going to like stop my pension today or something like that. I felt these were much more actionable and 
had a human purpose to them. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I think they were really, really impactful. And those manifestos really did act as a call to action. So your one of your strengths is that you're able to create and design these really inclusive events that also encourage people to make positive change. Yeah. For those people hosting events who are trying to work out what to do in this online or hybrid world, what would you recommend they could do to make their own events more impactful or more inclusive or more sustainable? Around sustainability, the events industry has got a long way to go, especially when we're talking about big conferences or expos, you know, these like. There is a huge amount of waste. We're talking about set designs and building all these huge conferences. The industry's got a huge way to try and be, how can we recycle these things? Or festivals, plastic cups. I mean, come on, we've got to move on from this. There's a lot of plastic being used. I mean, there are a lot of people doing some great work out there and people are trying really hard. And at the moment, I'm collaborating with a fantastic events agency called Legacy Events, which I do recommend anyone who's in the events industry check out because they've just created a marketplace where they're trying to find suppliers and people that they can work with. And it's sort of like the Amazon marketplace. If you're an event organizer, these are our recommended suppliers everything from cutlery and plates to good caterers and good tech company all of that so it's going to be a marketplace where the event organizer or event producer can go to and get sustainable products from so legacy are just you know it's a great honor to be working for them at the moment so for me i think diversity and inclusion has always been absolutely fundamental and key and i don't think a lot of events they're not looking far enough they're like oh I know some people who can talk about this subject so they've got panels and they're just they're still not diverse and to make an event really impactful and really rich for the listener it needs to hear all the different perspectives and all the different voices I've had conversations people going oh but I just can't find anyone there's no one in on this topic or in this industry from different backgrounds and I just don't agree with them they're just not looking hard enough They need to step out of their small bubbles and reach out. You know, we've got the technology now. We've got LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all of these at hand. You can find the people that you want to speak to or hear different voices. It's really, really important. And I think now we're we're doing so many of our events in the online world. It's great. Like you said before, you can reach beyond borders, can't you? So you can include speakers from other countries and, and still provide a really like seamless experience, but enabling the audience to get a really good, inclusive view of the world and, and at least to share different perspectives. Definitely. And whatever industry you're in, you're hearing the same conversations happening. The best way to like be innovative or find something new and exciting is to find those different voices. So anyone who's putting on an event, whether you're just doing it internally or you're doing it to promote your brand or your business, you know, really think about how can I reach out to someone who's got a different perspective or a different idea? It really creates rich and valuable content. And right now there is so much content out there from podcasts to on YouTube. You need to stand out from the crowd. And that is by partnering and collaborating with people from all backgrounds. So we've talked about how event organizers can be more impactful. You've recommended that those that are curating the content for conferences and for events look 
beyond their own sphere. They try to encourage people from diverse backgrounds to be part of their panels as speakers and to find the experts, but look beyond who they usually look to. So my question was around how can organisers become more impactful so they can embrace the diversity and inclusion agenda they can become more sustainable. It's fantastic to hear about legacy events and what they're doing, creating a new marketplace to bring together suppliers that all share the same sustainability values. What other advice would you give to our listeners who are either creating events or, or trying to stand out from the crowd and be more impactful? I think events are a great tool for any business. It's a marketing tool. So it is a way to promote your brand. It could be uh, reach out to your clients, your customers, existing ones, potential new ones. I know, Claire, for you at Thrive, you've done a fantastic job of keeping Thrive going online. And I know people really love that sense of community and bring that, all those people together. And still putting on an event, whether it's online or offline, is still a huge amount of work. And don't underestimate it. My biggest learning over the last six years, really, doing events is you think, oh, I can just put that event on. It won't be that hard. And I've, I know what needs to be done. There is always loads of obstacles and hurdles in the way. And, there, and it takes double the amount of time you expect. So if you're an event producer, manager, really think about like how much money you have to put on that event. Or if it's your own business and you're, you're running events, you can't just do this for on a shoestring. They take time. It's timely. And that time is money. So going back to how can you be different? It's like, as I said earlier, there's a lot of content out there. What I'm really enjoying, events that I'm going to, things that are really fun and playful, creative People are having a really tough time right now. So let's bring a bit of joy and fun. And even if you're like last week, I did a collaboration with Vespod, who uh, Vespod are about helping predominantly it's been women, but putting on online workshops around money. And what we did at the beginning, it was they got in someone to do dancing. So we all had to do, we all were like strutting ourselves and doing this like girl boss dancing. And I was like, are we really doing this? Because we're meant to be talking to people about pensions and ices. But my God, it works. We did 20 minutes of strutting our stuff and doing these crazy walks. But it broke down barriers. It was really fun. Got people talking. And also it gave us the confidence. And then we also, on top of that, it created a safe space for people. Because they were like, oh, one, I can talk about money much more freely. It's a safe space. And actually, I've just been dancing and wiggling my bottom <laughs> around with a bunch of women. I don't really mind telling them that I've got a load of debt. <laughs> you know? So I, I think, you know, being fun and playful and it doesn't really matter how dry your topic is. You can make it fun and that will stay in people's minds. The money dance sounds fantastic and sounds like it served as a really useful icebreaker. And before I was writing notes, because you're saying, oh, when you create an event, you want three things to happen. You want the people to go away with a new piece of knowledge yeah you want people to go away with some new connections and you want them to have some clear action they're going to take and I think a fourth one to add to that is getting them to to feel energized in some way and I think for me when I go to events or conferences those are still having that post-event buzz a couple of days later you know that that's a good event Um, and I have experienced that buzz as well online and offline so I'm all for like creating more in-person events moving forwards but I think personally for Thrive anyway I don't want to lose 
the online events altogether because I know I'm reaching out to people further afield. I'm yeah. reaching out to single parent families. Yeah. I'm reaching out to people who can't necessarily physically get to the location where I would be exactly. hosting events. So I think there's lots of opportunity still for the online event world and for events in general. And I think um, your advice about um, making it fun, making it creative, make it playful is really valuable. And I think, yeah, like you say, we're going from crisis to crisis at the moment. And I think if we cannot give people opportunities to, to have fun and just chill, yeah. but get something from those events, I think um, I think that's fantastic. And my prediction is that online events will stay there in terms of your work, your career, your business industry, because all of those things that you just stated reach further afield. You can go learn something during lunchtime or a coffee morning type thing. And I think in the evening, people want to switch off. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing so much advice. I've been rapidly taking notes and um, and I'm sure listeners will be happy to have heard all that. Um, For the last part of the podcast, uh, I would like to turn to your new social enterprise that you've developed or in the process of developing, just to find out a bit about that and how you're running that alongside Absolute Alchemy. So I know it's called Spirit of Futures. I know it's a new social enterprise and it's a leadership academy for young change makers. Can you tell us a bit more about it and also what inspired you to start that social enterprise? As a business owner, your values are the most important. Mine's all about doing service to others. And activism has been key part of that. And like bringing people together and then hoping that people will learn something and then go off and do something, something small or small everyday action, or they go and actually create a movement or start a sort of small community that's going to make change to planet or people. So that's, for me, at the heart of everything I like to, uh, I'm passionate about. During the pandemic, one of my speakers, Jarvis Smith, who runs a business called My Green Pod, Jarvis has been a strong climate change activist and doing a huge amount for a really long, about 20 years, I think now. He also runs something called Spirited Business, and that is about bringing business leaders together to come together and connect to their inner wisdom on a retreat and then see how they individually can then create change in the world. So I got asked to go on that on 2020. We didn't actually get there till May 2021. And while I was on the retreat, I met all these incredible people. And because I used to work for a children's charity for many years and I really 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 missed my work there and that's when I probably felt that I was doing the most impact because I was working for a children's charity that was helping about 36,000 children but on that retreat it kept coming back to me I need to go start working with young people again because that that brought me so much joy and then I was like this spirited business is also absolutely fantastic could maybe the two merge together could we bring young young activists young people who haven't quite got into business yet or so I said to Jarvis could we not do spirited business but for young people and he was like yes let's go for it so by November last year we did our first retreat with six young people they were sort of the early 20s some of them are just starting out in the world of work or business some of them were still at university all amazing young people and we did three days in nature we were doing lots of workshop on getting more in touch with nature and with our own internal world. 
so that we have the confidence and the power to then go back into our daily lives and we have the resources to make a change. So we knew that November went really, really well. And so now I've just set it up as a CIC. I'm going to be launching it at the House of Lords, which I'm very excited about in June. And then we will probably be doing a retreat at the end of the year again. And the next one will be in November. So I'm also in the process of creating the website. So it's still early days, but I'm very hopeful for our planet and the communities that we all live in because there's some incredible young people out there wanting to make change and they really care, but sometimes they lack the confidence. And in a way, this is going to be like an academy where they can come along, get those skills and then fast track them through to being the great leaders that they already are, but they just help them with their potential. Oh, I think it's um, fantastic. And um, yeah, I think there's lots of positive young people with amazing ideas, positive ideas that are coming through from that generation. So it's great that you're able to give them that platform and academy to enable them to propel forward. So it's um, it's great what you're doing. I know it's the early days, but you have made significant progress. So you've you managed to source funding. You managed to host the pilots at the retreat last year. Yeah. You've got another retreat coming up this November, you say, and you've also got an advisory board in place. Yeah. What have you learned so far from that process? At the moment, I'm so desperate for it just to like happen right now. And everything takes time. Like You have to form it as a limited company first and then change it to a CIC. And then just like the bank setting up, you know, all of these things take time. And I was like, oh, we'll be up and running by February. <laughs> and we're still, you know, early May. And it just takes time and you have to have patience. And I don't listen to myself all the time. It will happen when it's meant to happen. And also have a great community around you. I've asked friends and family, you know, I've had some incredible support from some of the spirited business community, but I've also been bootstrapping it myself. It does take time and it takes money, but you also, you know, if you can source some free pro bono support as much as you can, you know, they're happy to give an hour of their time. And so ask, but you do need a good community around you. It really makes a difference. I think it's exciting. It's another chapter in your career. So it's something that you'll be looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to see how it develops over the next year or two. But yeah, well done for getting that off the ground. And your advice really resonates with me about things definitely taking <laughs> much longer than uh, you anticipate. It's a bit like what you're saying about the events as well. It takes double the amount of time than you think it will. But being patient and just knowing that it'll happen when it's meant to happen. I think it's all really good advice. And yeah, having that community around you to lean on and to source support from is um is vital isn't it finding communities like thrive i've made through you and your community i've made so many fantastic connections and all you need is one or two of those people and they can go i can give you this contact or this piece of advice as business owners you need those communities and so really advice is yeah reach out and be part of whichever community reach you know one will always resonate more with you so there's lots find your tribe find your tribe that's what I was trying to say and hopefully it's a thrive (laughs) tribe I think actually on that note your role for spiritual futures as well will be to provide um, and help build that community and that network for the young people because what I found in my experience of supporting young people is that they have great ideas great energy great skills but they don't necessarily have the 
professional networks and contacts that we have once exactly. we're a bit older. So I suppose one of your roles for Spirit for Futures, I see, is being able to link those beneficiaries, those young people, to some of your professional industry contacts. Yeah, the next stage, once we do, we're going to hopefully run two or three retreats a year, and then we're going to have a mentoring program. So okay. connecting yeah. the young people with mentors and then hope the third stage is probably to set up an internship program as well yeah. and I think that the launch itself as well at the house of lords and um, you'll be inviting loads of different guests from different backgrounds different yeah. professions different industries that'll be organically they'll they'll start to build their network just from that exactly uh, thanks karen it's been great you, talking Claire. to you before we finish though i'm going to ask you some rapid fire <laughs> questions so as you may know, at the end of each podcast episode, I ask yes. my guests some questions. Don't think too much about it, just short, sharp answers. Okay. So the first question is, what's your favourite quote or mantra which you follow in your work? Oh, it's my tagline and be the change you want to see. Hey, um, the Gandhi one. I saw a big picture of uh, Greta on the wall in Brighton the other day with a big Greta and be the change you want to see. I was like, yes, that's the best tagline ever. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, who's been an inspirational or influential role model for you in your life? It's probably my old boss, Camilla batman Gellage, who ran Kids Company and who has definitely been great inspiration for me because she's a fantastic maverick and a real inspiring leader. Yeah. We need more mavericks in the world. So that, that sounds <laughs> good. And my last question is, what would you like to be your legacy? I always try and think big, but actually, I just think, actually, just give a few people a little bit of knowledge, some good connections, and they make some small steps. Like you just saying right at the beginning, like, you know, you still really think about what you're buying and what you're putting on events. And those people telling me what they've done in their daily life, those small things, that is the most important to me and fills me with joy. So hearing back small actions people have taken from attending one of my events. Oh no, well done. Well, yeah, you'll definitely leave the world with that legacy. I find your events really inspiring. You do promote change. And um, like I was saying before, I'm still thinking of things that we covered in your events um, when you're running uh, Be The Alchemy. So um, you're doing that. So well done. <laughs> um, thanks, Karen. Thanks for your Thank time you, today. Claire. Thanks really for sharing great. your wisdom on events, how it affected you in the pandemic, but how bright the future looks and the opportunities that we're going to have as small businesses or as events directors to be more creative. I've written loads of notes and I know people listening will learn loads from you from this episode so um, thanks for sharing your thanks, experience Claire. see you again soon take care I really enjoyed talking to Karen Stenning today about her career journey into the world of events and how she's developed her expertise as an events director who not only supports businesses for good but who also designs events in an inclusive and sustainable way it was very useful to hear about the three outcomes she wants her events to generate so that our event attendees gain a new piece of knowledge, develop new connections, and have action they can follow to move forward in their work. It was also very interesting to hear her personal predictions for the future of events, that online events are here to stay, and that to stand out from the crowd, events should be creative and playful. Like Karen, I strongly believe that events can be a force for good and can leave you with long-lasting positive impact. If you're thinking about creating some new events this year, I hope you're able to follow Karen's advice to make them more inclusive and sustainable. Thanks, Karen, for sharing your insight today. You've given us a lot of food for thought. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to this podcast series so that we can continue to thrive together.